once again to the What You've Been Watching podcast. I am the marvelous Mike Dudley, stepping on all the toes. All the toes. My feet are sore <laughs> over here. Joined, as always, by my co-host, cohort, and youngest brother. MD3 Marcus Dudley checking in on y'all. What is going on out there in podcast land? Thank you for joining us. We are broadcasting live, as always, from the What You Been Watching studios right here from some of the tallest hills of Tallahassee in the shadows of Doak Campbell Stadium. Uh, what's going on with you, my brother? Same shit, new day, man. You know what to make that day better? Some Kesta? Always bright, that's always. right, sir. It's always bright when you listen to our lovely intro Kesta Always Bright. Uh, you can find us at Whatcha Been Watching Podcast at gmail.com. And where else can they find us, my brother? You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dudley Bros Podcast. Or, you know, just be out there. Just, I got a swim meet later. You want to come watch me swim? Yeah. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to say. Uh, I saw I saw Michael and I. You can find us. We were at the car wash. We weren't washing any cars. We were just hanging out there. That's right. Trying to uh, get used. Uh, what are the little trees that hang from the car centers? What oh, oh the the car scent or the the deodorizers. Yeah. Know, see, if I would have known that was the joke, would have been funny. But I ruined it. So hey, but we were out there. Anyways, you, you know, know little uh, dangly trees, the dangly tree things, <laughs> yeah, black ice. <laughs> you know what black ice is? I fuck with you. <laughs> uh, anyways, oh man, so what's going on, dude? Man, just. Uh... Working, 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 getting uh, getting ready for, uh, we're officially kicking off spooky season. Yes, sir. So, I've uh, been trying to catch up on all my scary movies and put up the skeletons and getting a bunch of razor blades and apples so I can pass them out to children's later. I know, look, man, I've been told my whole life that, like, weed dealers and stuff are going to give out candy with drugs in it. If that's going on in your neighborhood, you let us know right here at What You I Want Trick or Treat. And we tomorrow. will be in your neighborhood trick-or-treating i don't think people understand how drugs work it's not like oh i'm really glad i spent three hundred dollars on this cocaine i can't wait to fucking sprinkle it on some kids marshmallows <laughs> and never get to see the payoff of him right. freaking the fuck out on cocaine three hundred and fifty dollars well spent Gone, says I. right right yeah anyways it's always been really <laughs> stupid to me but anyways we digress I'm doing all right myself, man. Just busy trying to get back in the swing of things. Being on some, uh, taking a little PTO, some paid time off. And, Hell yeah. Uh, trying to get back in the swing of things, man. Got out there to the city of brotherly love. Indeed, I did. I feel like I've been out there like five or six times. Yeah, uh, over the it's last like a home years. away from home now. Huh? It is. I, I love it up there. Um, yeah, I went up there with um, the lovely Angela and her son, actually, her eldest son, Wyatt, actually met us up there. Sweet. And it was his first time in the city. So we, we repeated. Some of the more touristy things, saw the like Liberty the Bell. Bell. Yeah, well, I actually, we had never seen the Bell. We, the hotel we stayed at the first time we were there uh, was literally right across the street, so we could see it all the time, but we didn't go into the little right, the right, little right. walkway that, yeah, so uh, the little view, viewing house that they have. So we did that, uh, just some of the more touristy things. They went to go do the Rocky Steps. Which of course. I love Ryan Sickler's joke about, a shout out to a Sick Dog, um, his joke about that building houses some of the most sought after and precious art in the entire world, but the city of Philadelphia is just like, oh yeah, it's the Rocky Steps. That's all the fuck it's known for. What is it? The Philadelphia Museum? Of our, yeah, the Museum of Art. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh yeah, it's the Rocky Steps. Like world-renowned paintings in there. Bunch of fat, slovenly assholes. Bum, right bum, up bum, 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 bum. Yeah, that's exactly. Yo, Adrian, I did it. Yeah. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so they did some of that, but uh, we actually saw 
the lovely Philadelphia Eagles play up there. We went, we actually went up there for a um, fly Eagles fly. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, so we went up there to go see Pink live oh, in cool. concert. Which I'll tell you what, man. If you get an opportunity, like we're gonna start a fight, and uh, every song of hers mentions fighting or punching somebody or something. That's the Philadelphia in her. Okay, um, but it's she's actually from Philadelphia, so it's a little bit of a homecoming thing for her. Cool, cool. But I'll tell you what, man. If you get an opportunity to see her in concert, do so. Yeah, definitely yeah. do so. Like it was worth every penny, and I guarantee if you've turned a radio on in the last twenty years. You've heard more Pink songs than you probably realize. Uh, I mean, I'm coming up, so you better get this party started. Came oh, out, yeah, that was came, a banger. Came out in like 2001. Damn. She's been doing it for a long time, man. Damn, son. Yeah, so she played for like two hours, and I was like, oh, yeah, I know this song. Oh, yeah, I know this song. I don't really know this song, but I've heard this song. Oh, right, 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 right. Hit after it. I was like, damn. But she does like, uh, it's like the Cirque Day damn Soleil out there. She does aerial acrobatics. <laughs> I'm dead ass serious. She does aerial acrobatics while she's singing. They clip like her. arrow, like she's clipped into like a like a suit or something. No, just I mean the little the cloth thing that they bring now. She starts twirling and flipping, and she clips into like a bungee cord at one point, and then at one point she clips into this thing that, when I say it sends her all around the stadium, we saw her where the uh, the fight in Philadelphia Phils play at a uh, Citizens Bank Park. Yeah. Okay. And they clip her in to this thing. And it zips her all around, like all the way up to the nosebleeds and everything. And it was really impressive. Very cool. It's definitely one of the... Oh, she's like a little pop-punk angel up there. Dude, yeah. She's shredded too, man. Like, Is she? Yeah, I got... I mean, shit. I got body goals like that. She's <laughs> Pink still got it like that. So, uh, it was one of the best concerts I've ever been to. So, uh, we went up there for that. But when we initially planned that... The Eagles just happened to be playing a Thursday uh, night game. So uh, Wyatt is also, Angie's son, is a big fan of football. So um, the only other time I'd see the Eagles play was when they, uh, was the first time I went and they lost. So uh-huh. I needed to go see them win at the Lincoln Financial Field. So we went up there and watched them play the Minnesota Vikings. Wyatt met us up there and um, really good time. So Cool, cool. Yeah, it was dope, man. It's dope. So that's pretty much all I've been into. And then I went immediately back and uh, last year my dad had said uh, we had made a joke of like, yeah, if the Eagles ever play in Tampa Bay, uh, we should go. And right, he's, right, he's right. like, you let me know as a gift, I'll buy four tickets for me, you, and a couple other people, whatever. And it happened to be that it was the following week, <laughs> right after the Vikings game. It was like a little mini bye week where I got to go back to work, and then they played that Monday. So I've been at it, man. I've been Sweet. at it. I've been, yeah, I've been moving. So I've been really busy. Pushing the Eagles forward to victory with your uh, enthusiasm. 4-0, and man. 4-0, so I'm very happy. You think happy this is the year? You think they're taking it? Man, I can't even say that. I don't <laughs> talk that shit yet. I never know what the Eagles this is like. This is like Dallas Cowboys fans who like every year they're like, we're 4-0, we're 4-0. Yeah. And then they completely fall apart and like, I mean, you know, yeah. our coach kind of sucks. And so It's bad. always something. But yes, you're right. Fuck that fan base. Um, <laughs> no. Shout out to Mike Wins. Yeah, no, I love you, Mikey. Um... But yeah, no, it's, I've just been busy, man. That's what it is. Trying cool. to just yeah. trying to work in between and just life keeps lifing. So, what about you, though, my guy? Man, pretty much the same. Just working, working, working. I got a little vacation time coming up here. So, uh... <laughs> you're not, you don't have a little vacation time. <laughs> Michael's been bankrolling. <laughs> Michael's been working at this same place for like nine years. <laughs> he just found I out. actually, yeah, I, I think I just celebrated five years. I think yeah. it was five years at, at the place I'm at. Michael also just found out that he gets PTO. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you do the math. <laughs> yeah. Never, never used a day of PTO in my life. And finally, my manager came to me and was like, You know, you have like 180 hours worth of PTO, right? I was like, I did not know that. Uh, 
I'm going to start bankrolling some of those, sir. Uh, yeah. Start cashing some of those in. Thank you. Yeah. So, so. Well, so uh, in the meantime and in between time, before you get to take all that time off and watch a bunch of motherfucking movies and TV, uh-huh. the people need to know, Michael. What you been watching, my brother? My guy. Uh, like I said, we're getting into spooky season, so I've uh, been trying to catch up on my scary movies. Uh, but before that, I rewatched a classic, and you and I have talked about this before, but I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the podcast. Snowpiercer. Oh, you mean the movie Our Father Hates with an un- <laughs> and I mean unyielding passion? For no reason. Yeah. Like He, it, he just can't suspend his disbelief on this one. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll bring him on to talk a, a very special Snowpiercer episode. <laughs> I would love that. I could just listen to him and Matthew argue about the merits of that movie. Or you and Matthew and my dad argue about the merits of that movie. <laughs> For probably two hours. So for those of you who don't know, it's basically a post-apocalyptic movie where all, like, they they caused, in order to to stop global warming, they released some chemical in the air that ended up freezing all of the earth. And so... I don't know. It killed all of humanity. Anyway... The planet's dying. I think it's a they, Batman villain ruined something, and Batman yeah, didn't save right, the day. Right. I don't know. I don't know how it got to be where it got to be. Anywho, so they they pack all of humanity onto this like mythological train that is fueled by perpetual motion, and it's like the wonderments of the age. And they built this track that literally literally circumnavigates the globe. So yeah, so already we're in a weird fantastical world, and then twenty years later, like. It's become, you know, there's literally a whole generation that's grown up on the train and they, the, the, the cars are separated by the class. Like the, the more affluent, uh, rich people are up by the engine and then the very tail section is like the slums. It's like, you know, like a third world country or something like that. Uh, anyway, into this comes Chris Evans, the impeccable Chris Evans, cause damn, he looked good in this. He always does uh, though. Yeah. He's just... He's just got that face, like, even when they try to ugly him up, you're just like, yeah, but he's, like, ruggedly handsome, though. Yeah, he just got married, too, I think. Did he? I think so. What's Lucky Broad's name? I don't know. Or divorced, one of them. I'm not <laughs> sure. There was something about going on with his relationship. I don't know. I don't be listening. That's, to be, that's our follow-up podcast, is I don't be listening. <laughs> All the shit we thought we heard from movies. Yeah, you know, speculation and rumor podcast. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but anyways, back to Snowpiercer. Yeah, yeah. So directed by Bong Joon Ho, I believe. Yeah, yeah. The, of uh, of uh, the host and Parasite. Parasite, and, the awesome. Uh, Best Picture winning, it, and deservedly so. Perfect movie, dare I say? But here nor there. It's a little bit slow burn for me. Like I think getting it takes a little bit getting out of first gear. But once it gets out of first gear, yes, it's it's a pretty impeccable movie. I just figured out how we lose people on the podcast because we were brought up Snowpiercer to the audience and then I brought up one movie and then we just shifted the conversation. Michael's most previous comments about it being slow was about Parasite. The Oscar winning <laughs> right, Parasite. Right, That's right. how we lose the audience, Michael. I knew exactly what the fuck you were talking about because I brought it up. Right. Welcome to the tenure of our conversation yes. for the past so, 30 years. So sorry for that, folks. Back to Snowpiercer. Yes. We'll talk about Parasite another day. Right. Snowpiercer. But I was yes. just giving a shout out to the director who's very, very well known, very acclaimed yeah. director. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it, this one is not slow movie at all. Like, it immediately jumps right into like... It's, Class warfare. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it... it Pretty much shoots right out of the. It's got Tilda Swinton in it, like a, and God, what's the what's the uh, Ed Harris? Um, yeah. 
Oh, what was his name? He played Kane in Alien. Uh, in Alien. Uh, John Hurt. John Hurt okay. is yeah, the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, God, now I'm just going to start listening. Yeah, yeah. The There's a lot of cameos in it. There's a lot of cameos uh, in it. And then I, th- I think I saw uh, Sylvester Sloan in the crowd there. Orville Redenbacher. <laughs> Tony the Tiger. Uh, Colonel Sanders. Yeah, the dude down at the Jiffy Lube was in it. Anyway. <laughs> Mr. Peanut. Yeah, right. There we go. Okay. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's... I mean, it is it is a very thinly veiled uh, commentary on on class warfare and and socioeconomic status and sort of you the know have versus the have not very much so very much so and and even less thinly veiled uh, I think push for communism in terms of like um, you know the the people from the back of the trains like they don't want to, they don't want murder they don't want whatever they literally just want to seize the engine seize the means of production basically so yeah um, so but it's it's fun and it plays out like almost like the raid or the or the uh, dread movie you know oh yeah where like yeah. where like it's it's you you follow the story train car to train car to train car to train car to train car as they work through this I think the the train by itself is like 18 miles long or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you see their progression as they move forward and you see like, you know, they they go from living in like slums and like where all the latrines and stuff leak, you know, leak and then they get to the middle of the car and there's like classrooms with like, you know, kids running around and then there's, they move even forward and there's like a big aquarium car that's just got... Sushi. Yeah, every yeah, type of fish cart. and yeah. marine mammal ever, you know, marine animal thought to ever exist. They, there's a train car that just rows and rows and rows of frozen beef and pork and chicken just hanging on meat hooks and stuff. You know, there's, you know, the, the, the club car where everybody's smoking whatever drug and having an orgy and listening to like Skrillex apparently is huge in the future. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's also... Uh... Talking about like the people at the very front of the car, they live so excessively that just their scraps alone could feed those in the back. Right. It was like kind of one of the points. It's like, oh, you guys are freezing stuff up here to have an abundance and we are fighting just to eat. Right. They're, they're literally eating uh, protein bars made out of ground up like cockroaches and bugs. And like, yeah. it, look, it looks like it's this brown, like jello, like looks like a soap bar almost. Right. Right. So, no, I look, I like that movie. Um, I remember the first time I saw it, it was, I think it's based off of a graphic novel, I it believe. Is, yes. Yeah. There was a TV show around there, too, I think, as well. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly was in it. Might be worth a watch just for that, mm. those words. But um, I had never read the graphic novel and or comic book. I just remember watching the film. Mm-hmm. And love or hate it, I remember saying, that was original. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, oh, I hadn't seen anything like that. And you're sure. right. I mean, obviously, the, the metaphors of the movie, they don't. They're not too. Uh, they don't try to disguise them too well. They kind of. Oh no, no. There, yeah. There's not a subtle bone in this whole movie, right? Which that's kind of Bong Joon Ho style. But um, I, I really enjoyed the movie. I know the part that my dad hates a lot is at one point they need to assassinate somebody and mm-hmm. they get a sniper rifle, like the most high powered sniper rifle of the future, and they somehow shoot from the the back of the train as it's bending to the front of the train. Right. The, the train's going around a, a, bend. A, a, a bend, and so they, they have to wait for the windows of the cars to line up exactly. Yeah, and, and somehow 
math and new physics of this new world. Which I thought was a pretty cool shot. It doesn't make any no, sense no. in terms of, like, that's not how that works, but it was a cool concept. But then again, you're talking about, like, a movie where the whole premise is like, oh, the engine just keeps, the the faster it goes, right. the more energy it generates for itself. The and immortal like, engine it's or just, whatever. Yeah, it's just, it's plowing through the snow and using that to cool the, the engines and the pipes and stuff like that, you know. It, it's, it's this whole mythical, like, you have to accept that, like, the train is completely unstoppable and capable of running by itself on a track for 20 years, you know? Yeah, like, just over and over, yeah. So, but once you get past that, I mean, <laughs> kind of anything's acceptable, though. Yeah, I know, like, right? I mean, yeah. short of, like, you know, Superman flying in, like, well, that was a weird twist. Right, but. right. Yeah, that movie, I almost said a pun, but it gets, uh... Off the rails a little bit by the end. By the time they do like it. Spoiler alert! By the time they do get to the front car, Mm -hmm. it gets Mm -hmm. a little weird, in my opinion. Tilda Swinton loves to play these off the wall. Like this person's lost their mind a long time ago, (laughs) and no one has come by to check on this person since they've lost their mind. She plays those characters so well. Um, So yeah, she's out of her mind in this movie, and it it doesn't really make sense to some of the the shit she's saying in her like quote-unquote evil monologue but it's uh sure sure it's well, like all right whatever i mean but she she's by that point i didn't care i had been entertained for long enough i was like whatever her, her speech isn't meant to be natural she is she she's literally like a, a hype machine so all she's speaking in is just quips and phrases to like th- there's no actual meaning behind them you right. know what i mean like her job is basically like you know to to go out and shout the propaganda and and keep the the people in the back of the of of the train in line and, and not necessarily motivate them, but like speak directly to them in very short, quotable, like sound bites right. that are supposed to, you know, propagate the myth of like, no, you stay back here. You know, she goes, she, she gives the whole speech of a shoe doesn't go on the head. You know, it's right. improper. It's not what's done. You are shoe, stay a shoe. We are a hat. We'll be a hat, you know? Um, right. And then, yeah, and then, like, well, spoiler alert, like... Yeah, we're spoiling They, they, they end up... For, like, a 13-year-old movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They end up discovering that they've been kidnapping kids and literally, like, apparently parts of the train have just eroded or worn out, and since nobody's making anything anymore, they don't have parts to replace them. So they've been literally taking kids from the back of the train and inserting them into the engine, like a literal cog in the machine. It's... it's Taking away from the from the poor and, and churning them out and turning them into the the sinister engine that's propelling the whole system forward anyway, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just know there was a scene in that movie to pivot where um, they start fighting uh, back. The people in the back of the train fight mm-hmm. their way, and uh, hatchets get involved. And oh they do yeah. A dope ass scene where like the SWAT team comes in and all you see is somebody's like hatchet kind of drop in their hand and you're just like oh shit this is about to go down. But do you remember what they do before that? Not exactly. I know the lights start flickering they, well, a lot. Somebody passes up this fish, this huge like I guess it's supposed to be a poison fish or a puffer fish, and the the SWAT team start dipping their axes in the fish's blood. Oh, that and is then right. like and then they're about to go through a tunnel. Is what it is, and it's that's like right, it's right. like a thirteen minute. They're gonna lose all all sunlight for like thirteen minutes, or whatever. And then right before the tunnel, all the SWAT members turn on their night vision goggles. That's right. That's right. I see. I remember that scene specifically. And I remember like, yeah. oh shit, it's about to happen. Oh yeah. Oh, it's a bunch of slow mo shots and like lights flickering in and out, and Chris Evans' voiceover like, get back. <laughs> 
Uh, Snowpiercer. So, any other thoughts on it? Any recommendations? Or oh, I, mean, I would recommend it. Personally. I, I would absolutely recommend it. I mean, like I said, it's it it is a very silly movie, but it knows exactly how silly it is and where the line is. So that's not a, it's not egregious. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. I actually think uh, Bong Joon Ho, uh, the director. I had to do a little project on one of his movies. We got a choice of, of films of his to watch when I was actually the only and probably ever film class I'll take. Um, and I watched The Host. And it was the same thing about like, really it was just a giant metaphor for the uh, occupation of the United States in South Korea mm-hmm. and how it's like, we're just they're just here, we accept them. It also was like an analogy for the high suicide rate in uh, in South Korea. And it's not... Very subtle as well. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I love it. I think he's just like, hey, I'm making a movie about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to frame it as such. What was the other one he did? The zombie movie. Was that Train to Busan? I don't know if he did that. I think he pro- I don't know if he directed that, maybe. Okay, okay. But that was a great zombie movie. He might also have. Featuring he produced Yeah, either way. But yeah, yeah. Train to Busan. Check that out, too. Uh, what would you rate Snow Piercer? Oh, man. It's been a while since I've seen that one. I need to go check it out. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth a look. I think it's it might just be under two hours. I think it's it's I'm a pretty it. pretty snappy in and out movie. You're not you're not wasting a whole lot of time. Uh let's see. I'm gonna give it uh seven trips around the earth. I like it. I like it. I'm gonna give it uh the bones of the children fed to the engine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I will all, give. all the bones? Uh, yeah, it's oh, a lot no. of bones. I know oh. you got about 34 in your <laughs> mouth alone. <laughs> so you do the math how many that is. <laughs> Pretty good rating, though. Oh, oh man. Poor boneless children. Poor boneless. Uh, anyways. I'm a chicken logger. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what else have you been watching, my guy? Oh, man. Hold on. Let me pick up my list. <laughs> he said, I'm a chicken nugget. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, after that, I watched. Uh, I finally took up your advice and watched Andrew Santino Cheeseburger. I dug that. I don't remember any of the jokes because it's been a while. But what'd you think, man? It was really good. Again, I think he's a really good. Um, I wouldn't say storyteller. He he definitely is more like set up, follow through, punchline kind of comedian. But he he does a good job of at least grouping the jokes together into a cohesive narrative like you know like like somebody like Stephen Wright who just like just goes from joke to joke to joke or like Dave Attell just goes joke to joke to joke to joke um so yeah he 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 basically he has this whole metaphor about how you know like if he makes a cheeseburger like and gives it to you like you're going to be the one that adds to it you know and and, and the the whole thing's a metaphor for storytelling like the, the whole he basically just talks about how you can give the simplest of information or just, you know, the basic necessities of a story. And then the person who hears it is already building the scene in their mind. Yeah. You know, like they're painting in what, what color the walls are or like what color the person's eyes are, what they're wearing, what they sound like. You know? Right, right. So, I remember we talked about that when we had previously brought it up. And um, I think the analogy he uses, is like he tells a, a fake story about... Uh, a little girl at a hardware store. Mm-hmm. And he's like, now let's be honest. You all pictured that little girl as white, right? And mm-hmm. everybody laughs. He's like, but I'm not wrong though. But see, I didn't say anything about her race. You, right. you assume right. that. Right, right, right. He's like, so don't be mad at me because you got mad that the little white girl died at the end of the fake story. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. You're the one that put mustard and ketchup on that particular right, burger. That right. was you. So, no, I, I appreciated that one. He, uh, I will say this about that special. And he does the same thing with his podcast mm-hmm. uh whiskey ginger um i check into that one occasionally um 
he seems to be enjoying himself, whatever he does. He seems to be rather inviting and very appreciative of the audience, no sure. matter what it is. So, And I kind of always like the winks at the camera and people that j- seem to be having fun at their job. So oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes it better for you to watch, too. Well, yeah. I mean, who wants to watch people be miserable at a thing they'd rather not do, you know? like George Carlin was the only one that got away with that in terms of acting like the audience was a burden, like they were a part of the problem. Being like, you fucking morons. And he wasn't really saying you, the audience. It was the royal you, but the audience was also included in oh, that well, you sure, moron. sure. Right, right, right. But, but again, like his, his whole shtick was like, I'm the smartest dude in the room. I'm the only one that's got it figured out. And I'm a fucking idiot. So right, 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 right. What does right, that say about you? Right, yeah. exactly. None of you motherfuckers thought of this before? Right. Nobody, really? Right. But I like Andrew Santino, though. Yeah. He's a, it's, it, it, was, it was a probably not one of my all-time favorite, but it's, it's watchable. I mean... If he drops another one, it I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, you know. What I mean, mean, you know me. I, I tend to prefer the more storytelling aspects of, of comedy and, and joke writing. You know, the Burt Kreischers, the George Carlins, or the, the. What are some of your favorite stand-up specials of all time? Just give me a call. You don't got to make a big list about it. I mean, Carlin Live was pretty good. Uh, I mean, he did a whole run on HBO that. Like, yeah, it was like every year. I it's like see that's a, the, the problem with that is it's like James Bond movies. They all like, run together. They all kind of run together. I couldn't specifically say like this bit is from like that I, one or whatever. Yeah, we just talked about because I had just watched George Carlin. You are all diseased, right? And I don't right. remember a single bit from it, but I know I had seen some of them. Right. So. Um, yeah. I got to say, I really like Burt Kreischer's The Machine. I think that's some of his strongest. The Machine, work. really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's his yeah. first one. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think it's him, in a weird way, like, he hasn't quite figured it out yet, and you can kind of see him fumble through it, And but it's not like he's doing a bad job, he's actually fucking upwards. Yeah, no, I get it. Does that make I get sense? It. No, it's, the question wasn't, what do you think are the best, it's what are your favorites. So right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, geez, uh, let's see. Which one was the one that Pryor did after he came back after getting burned up? Uh, that was up? a live in concert. Live in concert. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was an incredible great one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Eddie Murphy, Raw. I mean, come on. Ron mm-hmm. Delirious is a Lillian. master. Yeah. Ron Delirious <laughs> together are my shit. You I'm, know what? Okay. So I'm drunk. Okay? Right. All right. I'll admit. <laughs> kiss my ass. Okay? Right. Uh, yeah, I would say probably the Eddie Murphys. Um, I would say definitely Dave Chappelle. The first time I saw Killing Them Softly, yeah. I, I couldn't catch my breath. I was laughing yeah, so that hard. Was a, that was a pretty funny. His good first one, one in DC, right, right around the time of Half Baked. That was my absolute shit. Um, yeah, I probably like Tom Segura, Ball Hog, and then like I say Carlin here and there. And I'm yeah. sure I'm missing a couple, but just just curious, just curious. Yeah, what else you been watching, my guy? What else? Oh goodness. Uh, let's see. I will rate Cheeseburger. Two cheeseburgers off the two for four menu. <laughs> pretty good rating. Pretty good rating. Good value in that. That is a pretty. I can't top that actually. You know what? I'm gonna give it a two for one coupon on cheeseburgers. That's what I'm talking about. That's See? it. That's right. it. Uh, uh, oh, speaking of cheeseburgers, I've been watching a lot of Kitchen Nightmares. Oh lord, a lot of Kitchen Nightmares. I know nightmares. you love Gordon Ramsay. I, his attitude of just like. Yelling and spitting in people's faces, and not one person is like, "Who the fuck is this asshole?" Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, respect to the guy. Like, he is like Michelin star rated, and quite possibly one of the best chefs in the entire world. But like, I don't know. Just I, the the form. I, I really like the, the the formula of the show. It's very formulaic. You're going to see the same thing every single time. Yeah. Like the, you, you can set your watch by it. Yeah. Literally. You it's, know. It's yeah. Say it's bar rescue, all that stuff. It's yeah, kind of yeah, 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 yeah. I'll Dude say this. comes in, orders something, doesn't like it, doesn't like it. Owner has a problem and tries to defend himself. 
They do at some point they'll do a, a cleanliness check, and of course they're gonna fail because everybody wants to see gross shit in restaurants. Yeah. Argument, argument, argument. I'm revamping the menu. Well, I don't like I don't like the menu. Well, then I'm leaving after this commercial break. Right. And then they come back and like we worked it out. Right. Relaunch and then right before they do the reveal commercial. Right. Right. And I'm so glad you stuck it out. And then the Gordon Ramsay hug. Same shit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Little postscript. They shut down six months later. Yeah. <laughs> no, I um. Turns out a fresh coat of paint won't fix won't shit. Fix it. Yeah. I I bet though, and I I think I've maybe said this on the podcast, but if not, uh, whatever. It bears repeating. I bet that if like the the character, and let's be honest, he's playing a character. Oh sure. The character that Gordon Ramsay plays for Kitchen Nightmares. I bet if his car broke down and he was like, "Yo, I'm really fucking hungry." Can I please come in and you made him something to eat? I bet he would be in so fucking gracious. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I don't think he'd hover over you. Oh, I don't like this. I bet he would just be like, hey, thank you so much. Like, yeah. Good old-fashioned American grilled cheese sandwich. Thank right. you so much. Like, right. I bet every, I would bet every dollar in my account, which yeah. isn't much. Oh, yeah. But I bet he'd be very gracious and affable and appreciative. Oh, this is peanut butter jelly sandwich with creamy peanut butter? Yeah. You, you guys got creamy peanut yeah, butter? Yeah, thank you so much. Damn, y'all yeah. got money like that? You cut it in a diagonal. Five dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Uh, but yeah, no, Kitchen Mind, I fuck with those shows, man. Yeah, yeah. You're right. He is playing a character. I was like, like Stephen to... A. Smith on ESPN. Like, I pray to God he doesn't act that way in everyday goddamn life. You know what I mean? Like, I hope you're playing a character. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyways, um, you were saying? I. But that being said, I would like to at least see what it's like to work with him just one time, just to see what he's really like in terms of like, and you know... See if I got it. Why not? You, you know, don't. I don't. I, know <laughs> no, I don't. Nobody does. Not for the show, at least. Did I just watch you pick up a bloody chicken wing off the floor and put it in a fryer? Like, yeah, fryer cleans everything, bro. Yeah. That's what it does. I'd be like, look, man, inflation's got us fucked up. <laughs> the five-second rule is now the seven-and-a-half-second rule. What fuck you think this is? It's inflation times, baby. Hard times, baby. Hard right, times. Right. Oh, man. Anyways, plowing ahead. We can rapid fire these if you want. That's right. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Ping pong back and forth. Uh, After that, I saw uh, Dragnet, the 1980, I want to say it's 87, 88 Dragnet with Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd. I have no idea what that is. Uh, Joe Friday, Just the Facts, ma'am. Nothing. Way over my head. Dan Aykroyd was in a million movies. Yeah, they were the one that popularized Cha Chong. No, not that was Law and Order. Yeah, it was Law and Order. Shout out to Chris Maloney, <laughs> still on our underrated performance of the week, That's for doing right. the same role. I'm That's, with it. I mean, why not? And also, he was in every single uh, Harold and Kumar movie. Yes, he was. And he was also in Happy. Even though we're not even going to talk about his show, Chris Maloney, <laughs> underrated performer of the week. There you go. <laughs> That's it. There you go. He, but he can get it every week for all I go for. Yeah, why not? Anyways. Uh, but yeah, yeah, what Dragnet. is Dragnet? What is Dragnet? So, Dragnet, it's a buddy cop movie based on the 19... God, I want to say 1960s television show and 1950s radio show. Uh, it's a police procedural where basically, you know, they Joe Friday and his partner Pep work through a case. Literally the whole format of what Law & Order does today, Dragnet was doing back then. Okay. So this is just the comedic jaunt on that. Yeah, so it's... Uh, so it's, it's uh, Dan Aykroyd playing the straight, uh, you know, by-the-book police officer and uh tom hakes is the young rookie upstart who came in from undercover and now is working robbery homicide why those two things are a department on the same breath i don't know but yeah 
Unless they only work robberies and homicides. Like, it has to be both. Yeah, that would be a great show. <laughs> like, police, there's been a murder. Was anybody robbed? Nope, can't help you. Call that, yep. Wrong department. Let me transfer you. <laughs> no, you just want homicide. This is robbery homicide. homicide. Right, right. We have to have both. It's an and situation. Right. Not or. <laughs> That's a show right there for you. <laughs> Just them turning down. Right. Jaywalking child crap trafficking. (laughs) (coughs) Shit. My man said jaywalking child trafficking. Yep. Gotta be both. Gotta be both. Illegal distillery and car illegal car racing. Yep. Gotta be both. (laughs) Gotta be both drinking and driving. Yep. See, that one I would want the ore. That was a drinking ore. You could right. sit in the car drinking your ass off and be like, you can't do anything about it. <laughs> Technically not driving. Right. Anyway, Dragnet. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it was, um, yeah, so basically Joe Friday and his, and his partner uh, get involved uh, in trying to solve the mystery of this secret occult called Pagan. Which is uh, people <laughs> against goodness and niceness, I think. Whatever. Nurturing niceness. Yeah, whatever. whatever. Anyway, so it's basically, it's uh, the 80s satanic panic, but put it like, you know, how like in the 80s, oh, yeah, everybody yeah. was like, you can't let your kids play D&D because there's satanic messages in it and you can't let them listen to Twisted Sister because if you play it backwards, it says kill yourself for Satan or whatever. Whatever the fuck it was, yeah. So it was playing into that. Uh, trope uh, by making Pagan the the villain. Oddly enough, the leader of which is played by Christopher Plummer. Oh, really? For real, for real. Damn. Yeah. I think Shelley Long plays the, the the girl. Is it Shelley Long? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Wild speculation. I, yeah, I don't be remembered shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'd to be Christopher Lambert and not Christopher Plummer. <laughs> it doesn't. No, I would definitely know the difference between that. Be like, yeah. Well, fucking Highlander? Highlander? Oh, man. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it, it wasn't my favorite. It's it, it it. I think it definitely leans a little bit too heavily on the nostalgia for a TV show that had at that point already been off the air by like twenty years. Right. So I don't know. It was probably a passion project by Dan Aykroyd or, or somebody involved. He wrote like, a lot of movies. Man. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Like, so well, yeah. again, not wholly unwatchable. Just. Eh, some of the jokes are, it, it, it's not really my type of humor. It's, I, I tend to like a little bit more over the top, verbose kind of stuff. Yeah, if you're going to be silly, let's be silly. Yeah, this is, it's very dry humor, you know. What would you rate it? Uh, I'm going to give it uh, one cha-chung. <laughs> uh, all right, what else have you been watching, my guy? Because I watched a uh, uh, silly cop one as well. I oh yeah. yeah, tell me about it. Uh, I watched, uh, I'll just, yeah, I watched Johnny Dangerously for oh, the first time the, ever. the Michael Keaton joint. Yeah, I had never seen it before. We were talking about, uh, I think, oh, because we had watched The Flash. Mm-hmm. And um, Angie and I were sitting around talking about it. She's like, oh, I'll always remember Michael Keaton for Johnny Dangerously. And I was like, do what now? <laughs> and she's like, oh, the... Johnny who what now? <laughs> yeah, she's like, the, the silly mafia kind of movie, whatever, whatever. I was like, oh, don't know what you're talking about. So we <laughs> sat down and watched it off of... Uh, Oh, I think it was on HBO Max. But point being, uh, I actually got- isn't that isn't that one of the best things in the world? Like, not only when it happens to you, like 
But when you get to do it to somebody else, like, oh my God, you've never seen X, Y, Z. Like, we have to sit down and watch it. Like, and I know everybody always says, like, oh, you should watch this, you should watch that. But I'm talking about when you absolutely know that, like, you would love this movie and you have to see it. And not only do you have to see it, but I'm going to sit down and watch it with you. Yes, that is... That is the best when that happens. Minus it's Pat, of course. Right. Well, that was a good, that was for the people, Michael. We gave the people what they wanted. Um, but no, this was. It is the best when somebody does that and they actually know your sensibilities mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh yeah, you knocked that out of the park with that recommendation." It's also more what this was was somebody's like, "This movie's important to me," you know, or not sure. necessarily important, but I always I always enjoyed this movie. Right. This is like a right. little safe space for me, and you get to kind of peep in their world because I had never seen it, mm-hmm. and so. It wasn't like obviously it's a silly movie, but uh, Michael Keaton and uh, Joe Piscopo was in it, who I fucking forgot existed. <laughs> Joe Piscopo, he was in every like Saturday on, Night Live. Yeah. Joe Piscopo, yeah, he plays uh, Johnny Vermin or whatever. Oh, yeah, Stupid. yeah, it's a very silly movie. It's all- admittedly, I I have not seen that movie in God, I couldn't maybe twenty something years at least. I mean it it used it was one of those that was always on like TBS or TNT, like the midday movie or whatever. Right. right. But I I probably haven't seen it since I, I mean I couldn't even tell you. It's just it's a good spoof movie. It's yeah. very silly. Like it's not quite a joke a mile a minute quite like airplane, but it does have a pretty high like pretty high ratio. Shoot rate of just like yeah, even if it's visual gags and this and that and the third um on like running gags, uh, Joe Piscopo. Every time something happens to him, he gets punched one time. And he said, "He said uh, my mother punched me one time, once." And then like later, he gets hung on a on a hook by his uh, suspenders. He's like, "My father hung me on a hook once. <laughs> like, everything was just once." So it's very silly, and uh, I appreciated that. Michael Keaton plays a uh, somebody who kind of works his way up in the in the mobsters. And then uh, kind of takes over the business and then tries okay. to get out of the game and da 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 da. But it's very silly. It's kind of like uh, what was it? How to succeed in business without really trying, but like combined with The Godfather. A little bit. I don't know what that first one is, but sure. Oh, Michael J. Fox thing. Oh, sure, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's very it's kind of like uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, but with Michael J. Fox. I think I've seen that. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep rattling yeah, no, off references no. you've never uh, seen. But it's very airplane, very like. I mean, shout out to the great. Uh, I always mix up Liam Neeson and Leslie Nielsen. Oh yeah, but it wasn't Liam. Neeson. They're very similar. Saying them, you'll fuck, try it. You'll fuck it up. Leslie Nielsen, Liam Neeson, Liam. Leslie Nielsen, Liam. Neeson. Yeah. Wait, but, yeah, exactly. But it's very uh, Leslie Nielsen kind of kind of stuff, minus him being in it. But I enjoy the shit out of it though. So, but yeah. So speaking of, also, can you imagine Leslie Nielsen in Taken? That I would pay to see right now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I have a very specific Dude. set of skills. Dude, AI, get Slips on Slips on a fucking banana peel. If AI, <laughs> if AI generated, is it makes shit like that possible, sorry actors. <laughs> Might not have to get paid anymore. But I can be like, dear I love chat GPT. We, I love how our very last podcast, we were just eschewing uh, the virtues of like, pay the actors what they want. Now we're like, although maybe although, we could get a nude scene with Marilyn Monroe and Marlon Brando. So like, I'd be like, let's do it. Yeah, my shit would just be silly. It'd be like, put Lee, uh, yeah, put Leslie Nielsen in Taken <laughs> and put Liam Neeson in Airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. See, I'm down with that actually. And then like, it already have scanned their likeliness and it boop, 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 in a matter of 20 minutes, I'm watching this shit. I mean, pay them, you know. Yeah, pay them, whatever. 
Or maybe it would just like maybe you would have to limit it to like just dead actors or something like yeah, that. Yeah, just like just like hey, we'll pay the estate like a hundred thousand dollars, but we want to put out a new Humphrey Bogart or yeah, a new exactly. like a new I don't know Jerry Lewis movie or just to like, keep more struggling actors out of work. <laughs> <laughs> the kids don't want you anymore, Ryan Felipe. <laughs> they want the... Humphrey. They want <laughs> Humphrey. The people have spoken, and they want Humphrey. They want Sidney Poitier, and they want Humphrey Bogart and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, the sequel. <laughs> up and coming actor starving. He's like, man, fuck What this. the fuck? <laughs> How did I lose out to Sidney Poitier? <laughs> Motherfucker's been dead for 15 right. years. Well, they want him in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang too, and it's been propelled by the What You've Been Watching podcast. God damn it, so now it's Sidney Poitier and Denzel Washington getting all the black roles. Yep. <laughs> Might be Jordan sitting home broke as fuck. Like, what? <laughs> Hey, he can direct, so he's got. I was Creed. Right. <laughs> Anyways, we're way off track now. We're talking about AI and generating our own silliness. Oh, uh, but yeah, Johnny Dangerously. I actually enjoyed. Oh it. yeah, we were talking about the movie. Angie, I appreciated watching that. If you're listening, but I will rate it 1955. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. It's okay. 1955. Sounds like a good year. Sure. So. Marty, you gotta go back to 1955 and fuck your mother. <laughs> now that'd be a movie I'd be watching. All right, what else have you been watching, my guy? We can rapid fire this if you need to. Let's see. Uh, this is a true WBW if you haven't noticed. Yeah, yeah, it's been a minute. It's you know, been, a, been minute. a while. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Only other thing I got to talk about it. I got a bunch of notes on. So you want to save it for the end? Yeah, or? we can do that. We'll do okay. that. Okay. Um, so I guess if you want to ask me a particular question. Oh, yeah, what you been watching, bro? There we go. Uh, well, I watched Johnny Dangerously. <laughs> uh, I actually speak... I think we've kind of already crossed yeah, yeah, that bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also did watch, speaking of the Eagles earlier, I should have segued it better, but mm. I'll bring it back up. Um, I did watch the... Maybe through the power of editing. <laughs> uh, no, I did watch... Uh... I don't care. You're not doing it. <laughs> no, I don't yeah, it's a fucking... Just make it harder for me. Who gives uh, a fuck? Whatever. The people can deal with our non sequiturs and us right. jumping back in time. Especially on this episode, <laughs> we're already like get to the fucking point. Uh, I did watch the documentary Kelsey that came out on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, it, it did involve the uh, center uh, Jason Kelsey of the Philadelphia Eagles over last year when the Eagles did do their Super Bowl run, and it wasn't necessarily about the season. Obviously, that played a factor into mm-hmm. it, and they're like it kind of fast forwards through like, all right, they're start off with a bang. Here's game one, and here's what happens. But it does, that's not the focal point. It's very much so about a man. Um, a plan, a canal, Panama. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, uh, it's about a man who is kind of contemplating retirement and legacy and when is it to hold up, uh, hang up the cleats and things of that sure, nature sure, and sure. family, how that plays a big role in it. His wife is the coolest. Uh, just seems like a really very cool chick, um, very lovely woman also. And during this this whole season, they're pregnant with child, and the child is going to be born like the Saturday before the Super Bowl. So, or, or like right around the time. I don't remember exactly, but just wild shit. Like they get on a plane, like all right, now we're going to go have a baby. Um, Looks like he took it all the, the way. way. Right. But it was it was interesting because you can see somebody who's been. At 12 years or whatever it is, still regarded as the top of his game. One of the best centers in in the game at the moment. I mean, just objectively, not just me as an Eagles fan saying that. And him just really kind of coming to terms with like, you know, when is it enough? You know, he's like at the end of the season, I sit around and I'm thinking like, I'm so fucking glad this is over with. I don't ever want to do this shit again. And then you wake up and you have a change of heart and you're like, 
Man, I think I still fucking miss it though. I kind of, but I got juice left in the tank, and I really do want to leave it all out there. And it just shows the natural competitive spirit sure. of certain people. And when you hang up the cleats, it's like there is no coming back, you know. And so it's him kind of going back and forth of like, man, this shit is exhausting as somebody who's been taking these. You know, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm in, I'm in the trenches. I'm one of the big uglies, you know. I take right, the hits, right, I take right, the lumps. Right. I've ran my head into people for the last thirteen years, you know. Right, right. And right. it's it's the cost when is, of when is when is too much, you know. When, when is the price of of leaving it all out on the field compared to one too many? Right. You know what I mean? And that's with CTE and stuff like that. Him knowing the risk of like, am I not going to remember this shit in the right. next 20 years? And then like, who gives a fuck? Right. right. And right. then it's definitely not worth it then. Right. And so it was actually kind of interesting, the fact that it wasn't just a like, we're going to recapture the Eagle season. It was far more about the man behind it. And it's a family man and just, like I said, talking about legacy. And I actually... Obviously, I'm an Eagles fan, so... I'm yeah, what was the guy's name? Jason Kelsey. Just Jason Kelsey, yeah, his, okay. Yeah, you'll, you'll hear, if you haven't heard about his brother Travis dating Taylor Swift, you will. Good for you. What planet are you on if you haven't heard that? So, I, good for you. Yeah, yeah, sorry to ruin that for you. No. but um, Who's Taylor Swift? Exactly. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I enjoyed it, man. Like I said, it wasn't just a straightforward football documentary. Obviously, it does play a... Um, play a role in it, much like... I remember you had mentioned off-camera, where you had said you'd watch Welcome to Wrexham. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. similar to that. It's not necessarily yeah. about the football on the field. It's sure. it, about it, it's the town. More, it's right. about the journey of exactly. rebuilding a team and what this team means to right, right. the city of Wrexham and the, the legacy behind content it. content behind it as opposed to like right. facts and figures of wins and losses. Right. And just as somebody who, you know, obviously Jason Kelsey has kids and somebody as somebody who has kids and stuff like that, it, it gets kind of emotional. You know, mm-hmm. it's pretty lighthearted for the most part, but kind of gets to the nitty-gritty at a certain point too so i enjoyed it i would definitely recommend it even if you're not an eagles fan or football fan so okay so you don't necessarily have to be like involved in the sports just to get caught up in like the the story to say melodrama but like you know what yeah I'm saying. yeah 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 the it's they do a good job of it it's not about football it is it's about a man that plays football but it's sure but but football is merely the vehicle to get you right. to like the main storyline of like a family man who like I don't know how much longer I can do this kind right, of thing. Right. right. So, gotcha. yeah, it's, it's only like, I think it's like 90 minutes. It's not too bad. Oh, it's so, not bad. Yeah. yeah it ain't That's like, perfect documentary. Length, yep. I think. Yep. Yeah. Especially if something of this subject matter. And yeah. I'm sure he's probably, I'd like to see one actually, and I don't usually say, oh, I'm for a sequel for a documentary. But if they ever did a second one, I actually wouldn't mind it when he does retire. When oh, he sure. does decide to hang it up, that would be fun to see the, the before and after. But sure. We'll yeah. cross those bridges if they do ever come. Uh, Rapid Fire also watched. Finally finished Secret Invasion. What did you think, sir? We're talking about uh, the Disney... The Disney Plus, Sam Jack. Um, man, it kind of missed the mark for me. I I think so, too. It kind of did. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't understand. Like, some people fucking, like... It's the internet, so I'm not too surprised. Some people just shit all over it yeah. online. Yeah. Again, the reason they give you why the Avengers... They, why you can't just call the Avengers is really fucking stupid. Paper thin. Yeah. Paper thin. He's like, because it's my war, ultimately. But it's also... Well, because he doesn't want them to know spoilers. He doesn't want them to know that he secretly collected all of their, all of their DNA, and just for safekeeping or what have like. I they don't even explain why, like why he did it. He's just like we've collected all of the Avengers DNA at every single battle battle they've ever been in. Like, okay, well, why? Like, to what ends? And like now it's just and also like why does that prevent you from calling like maybe not all the Avengers, but like one of them you know like yeah i'm sure ant-man isn't doing anything yeah or they also just didn't want the 
the scrolls to get their hands if they got a hold of the avengers then they could then copy their powers right but it's like you got to fight fire with fire at some point you're yeah that make a lot well, of sense. And also, what's to stop the scrolls from just like infiltrating and going and getting the Avengers DNA? Like, just pose as Hawkeye's wife, like, give yeah. him a blowjob and then spit in a cup. I don't know. Like, <laughs> That's a good point. I, I mean, It'd be like, a very different show, but yeah. It, I, it is, but I mean, yeah. like, I'm not saying they have to explicitly show that, but. Yeah, no, yeah. It'd be cool if they did, but. Yeah, look, Renner, we love you. So. Also, Linda Cardellini. More on that in a moment, but yes. Um, but no, I, I th- it kind of missed the mark, though. And I get that they're bringing in, um, what's her name, Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones mm-hmm. as Gaia. She's the super scroll now, which was like kind of shoehorned in. But she's a trump card. She's the ace in the hole that's just like, oh, she's the most powerful goddamn being in the fucking universe right. now? Right. Like, right. that's kind of, okay. Like, let's see how that plays out. Because you have everyone's fucking powers ever, including that of Carol Danvers. Like, and also right. she... she- during the whole series, she flip flops so like there's no rhyme or reason to her character to 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 her drive or to her character development. Like she just changes sides as often as they need for the plot to make sense. You know, like well, that's true. We until her- she gets shot by by old buddy. Well, yeah, but up until that point, it's like she's with Nick Fury, then she's fighting Nick Fury, then she's with you know what's his, uh not uh Talik or, uh, or Gravik, Gravik, yes, yeah. and then. Very next episode, she's fighting. It's just like, yeah, you, you, you can't, like, no, especially in a world that's based on espionage and trust and, like, who can you trust? Nobody would trust you. Nobody, like, there would be no reason for either Gravik, the, the, the villain, or Nick Fury to trust you. And so you would be out. They would just have nothing to do with you. Because, right. no, you fucked me over too many times, and then you played me, and then you played him, and then... Yeah, you're, you're wishy-washy. I can't. Yeah. I can't have that on my side. You they know? also never really give a good reason why Nick Fury left Earth. He's like, oh, I just need to see it from up high. I can't be here. And he's just like, I apparently he has a secret wife. That's a scroll this whole time, which mm-hmm. I actually didn't mind. I kind of like that. But just like, oh, I couldn't be with you anymore. Like, why? That's really shitty of you. Like, it doesn't. They don't really explain it. Yeah. It, again, just because it's yeah. it's it's there's no. There's no real driving force to any of the characters. It's just, and then, because, and then, because, right. and then, because. Yeah, you know? and it's like, you promised us a planet, and you're fucking around. Which he was. I'm not saying he wasn't, but it, it's like, y'all can leave, also. Like, I mean, you do have spaceships and, like, intergalactic travel, and, like... Yeah. And they, they they do kind of wash over it a little bit. They're like, we can't find any planets in this sector and it's like, well, go look at another fucking sector. Like, yeah, well, that's what Captain Marvel was supposed to be doing. Carol Danvers was supposed to be finding them a, a habitable planet. Habitable? A habitable planet. Um, but I guess, I, yeah, this don't explain it. I'm not going to get into the house yeah, and why. Anyways. It's, I, I didn't hate it. It just, I wasn't, I was like, oh, okay, that was, uh, that was something. Um, Again, it's, and, and I, I think you and I have talked about this. It's one of those things where, like, the gravity and the 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 scope the of, scope of the comic book doesn't translate into a six a, part a, a, miniseries. You, exactly, exactly. Like I, I don't think you could do a two hour movie on that whole comic book and have it make sense. You, know? you could it do would, a solid ten episodes. Like I think you could. If, but if you're gonna do it, you gotta do it like big scale. I agree. Yeah, right. That's right. All. Right. And and unfortunately, I think the. One of the main problems with the, especially the Marvel series, is that they take a little bit too long to get into the main storyline. Like they spend a lot of time trying to like justify the justify the world 
and they don't really need to. Like right. it's usually it, in a in an eight episode miniseries by episode three, I should know exactly who the bad guys are, who the good guys are, what's at stake. And usually they wait till episode four to get that going. You know? Right. Right. And then finally on episode eight, it's just this massive information and excitement dump right. to be like, well, now we just got to tie up all the loose ends. Like, well, no, you either extend that to 10 episodes or you front load it and you don't have to explain the world. Just this is the world we're in. Go. You know? You should pitch them. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Kevin Feige really gives a fuck what I think. He might. You never know. He's looking for good ideas. He's like a progressive guy. So um, Anyway, what do you give it? I'll give it... Um, I'll give it one of those apostrophes that's always in the goddamn scroll names. It's there. It's there just because the writers have historically written it to be there. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's right. always like clerked. K apostrophe LRT. Yeah. There's no vowels. It's just. Yeah. yeah. And then apostrophes. D apostrophe V N N. Yep. Yeah. I'll give it one of those. Okay. Sweet. Just there just because the writers like it that way. Uh, All right. Uh, you want to take a quick break? Oh, fuck it. Let's take a break. We'll be back. Uh, so let's take a break, yeah? Yeah, who's our sponsor today? Our sponsor today is uh, Cheese in a Can. Cheese in a Can. Cheese? Question mark? from our sponsor cheese in a can without wit or without whiz wit onions or without <laughs> wit whiz wit anyways for all my Geno State Pats people don't actually go there unless you're a tourist please but <laughs> um, what's the best cheesesteak in Philly Marcus ah man I like cleavers okay I like cleavers yeah. I just know everybody in Philly has like, oh, you got to go to Gino's, you got to go to Andrew's, you got to like go to... Cleaver's for an actual Philly, but Jim's Roast Pork on Southside. Okay. When they reopen, yeah, hit that up. Get you a Jim's Roast Pork. That's the shit. All right. Yeah. Did, you, did, did you stop by the Bear? The Bear? Yeah. Uh-uh. Huh. What is that? It's a Hulu TV show. Oh, does that take place in Philadelphia? Oh, I had no idea. Oh, no, it's actually Chicago. Never oh, mind. Yeah, yeah, Bad yeah. joke. <laughs> no. Anyways. Anywho's. <laughs> uh, I did watch another two things on uh, Disney Plus after Secret Invasion. I watched the season premiere of Ahsoka. Okay. Did you watch that at all? I have not. I am I am really behind on my... Uh, all things Star Wars? Kind of, Me yeah. too. Just a little bit oversaturated. I think I just need to walk away from it from for a minute and uh, come back to it. I've also been told that... I have to watch uh, Star Wars Rebels in order to fully appreciate Ahsoka. Just in terms of there's certain 
fan service notes that if you aren't familiar with the series won't really have the same impact. Yeah, I'm already kind of running into that. And it's as long as it's you introduce the characters and how I need to know them as self sure. somewhat either spelled out to me of hey, here's a a line of of a of backstory for you or it's self-contained within the series and I'll be all right, but you gotta understand, like this is Dave Filoni's baby. Like mm-hmm. so was Rebels, so was I. Clone Wars was Jin D. Tartakovsky. Mm-hmm. I think they were together on that one. So Dave Filoni's been doing this for a while, and um, so I think Ahsoka he he directed the pilot episode, so mm-hmm. it's very much so. You can tell it's his his shit. So it's his world he's playing in. So um, I dug it, man. I dug it. I only watched one episode. I'm really and that's, far behind. That's uh, Rosario Dawson as the titular character. Yes, Rhoda, uh, who's in our our wall of fame, of course, for She's everything. Like, yep. She's she's beyond underrated. Before she's up on the wall with Renner, and uh, I think we've moved Justin Long there, and Ryan Gosling, and uh, some other people. Jim Varney, Regina King, Regina King. That's right. Yeah, who I would cast as the shark. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> She'd be a badass shark in Jaws. But anyways, yeah. Uh, but Rosario Dawson, yeah, she's awesome in it. So yeah, I dug it, man. I still more to go. Um, I didn't watch Andor, and apparently Andor really is the shit. Like. People I've that heard, aren't even Star Wars fans is like Andor's the one. I've heard so. that as well. Um, I've heard that it's very, very akin to Rogue One in terms of it focuses less on the Jedi Force aspects of the Star Wars universe and focuses more on the like the actual war. The actual war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So which I liked Rogue One for that aspect. I, it was me too. Me too. It it was I, you and I have always sort of talked about this like. My problem with Star Wars is that they have this huge sandbox to play in, and they keep confining themselves to one little Skywalker corner. Right. And like in a war, it, literally in 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 a franchise where there's hundreds of thousands of war worlds and hundreds of thousands of different species and interplaying stories and such a rich, vast history. Like the fact that they seem co- so concerned with staying in. This particular time frame and this particular family just annoys the shit out of me. Like it's, yeah. it's such a rich, a rich mine to, to to plumb, and they're they're just consent with getting the scrapings off the entrance. Yeah, that's a really good analogy. They're content to yeah. What did you say? Uh, off the scrapings off the entrance. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So, anyways, Ahsoka though. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm down to watch it. Rosario Dawson is the shit. I've said that about four times now, so I'm, mm. I'm bearing repeating. But yeah, she really is. She just is so natural, man. And she, I don't really, I'm gonna have no familiarity with the character of Ahsoka, mm-hmm. but I fucking like her already. So what's I the like what's already. the basic premise of the of the pilot? Um, I guess in the pilot it opens up with um, it kind of does the not like the scrolling text, but just a quick like, hey. Ahsoka turned this prisoner in, and then that prisoner gets sprung from jail. But in the meantime, they say something about Ahsoka needs to get some some device some that's going to help. Yeah, that's going to help show a map of where um, one of the remaining imperial uh, imperial generals is hiding. I think it's Thrawn. Thrawn, yeah, yeah. Thrawn, yeah. Okay, so that's that's how it starts, and it starts with her grabbing one of those devices, and then. Okay. Running into some characters from Rebels, which I don't really know. So okay, but I dug it though. She she makes me want to watch more. I just haven't had a chance to yet. So watched okay. Ahsoka. Uh, I won't rate that yet. I'll wait till I finish it before I rate it. Sure. But in the meantime, I did I did dig the pilot. I also watched Elemental, the Pixar movie about the elements that move to Element City. Okay, and it it's basically water element fall, falls in love with fire element. Basically, that's an aspect of it. Yes, okay. that is. Um, 
it was I don't I wouldn't say it's top tier Pixar because first off top tier Pixar is just like top tier movies. I mean, you up. know, yeah, 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 like up, yeah. Um, the first ten minutes of Up, yeah, exactly. There's <laughs> when when Pixar is firing on all cylinders, it's hard to beat. So it's it's more in the like a little bit above Cars, but in the upward. What was the the movie about the brothers with Chris Pratt and um, Upward? Wasn't it called? Or onward, onward, yeah, That's in it. Yeah, in yeah. that realm, in okay. that realm. Whereas good Pixar, but not not great. But it is um, not quite troll movie, but not definitely not. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Toy Story three. Yeah, yeah, are up, yeah. So, but it's it's good though. It's um, it's very much so is part water falls in love with fire. Um, to just not only different obviously elements, but just personality types. One's very angry. One's very flowing and easygoing. I'll let you figure out which one's which. Of course. course. Yeah, you can probably figure it out pretty quick. One's probably pretty hot-headed and impetuous. And the other one's, yep, nice and breezy. Um, (laughs) And that's wind. Um, But it also is very much so an immigrant story as the the fire, her her family moves from... uh, Fireopolis. Yeah, but it's very much... Fire Island. Yeah, right. Uh, very much so. Like you could replace this with like a, um, like a old school New York Jewish family, or like a, a Polish family, or something like that. That comes to New York, which is pretty much the setting for Element City. Opens up a little shop, and it's like, oh, this is my dream. This is my dream. And pops has been running it, and the whole premise of it is, when can I? The, the daughter uh, Ember is her name. Wants to take over the shop, and she's too. She has an anger issue, and so the pops is like, when you can deal with the customers properly, then we'll turn over the shop. Or just go work back of the house like me, and then you don't have to deal with customers. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so it's her kind of coming to terms with that. And so it is very much so, and it is a love story, but it's also an immigrant's tale. Okay. And it's also about family expectation. Turns out, maybe she doesn't want to run the shop. Yeah. Maybe she never really took time to explore what it is that she wants to do. Oh. And so... Finding myself in this great new world. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And the water person kind of helps maybe figure that out. His family's much more supportive of... What's his name? Drippy? Wade. Ah. Wade, yeah. That makes sense. So, um, I mean, it was cute. It wasn't... It was certainly enjoyable. They kind of... There's so many little themes going on in terms of like it being an immigrant story and acceptance of your parents and expectations and finding yourself that the message of it all kind of gets lost. It kind of has too much going on at once for it to be the love story to really stick or the immigrant story to really stick. They all do a pretty good job. But none of them walk away with like, wow, that was an incredible love story. Okay. Or that was an incredible immigrant's tale or an incredible... Finding yourself tale. It's it's a little bit of each a little, too much of them. A little you, too too many ingredients in the stew. Kind right. Of. Okay. Right. Like, that not one of them really overwhelms or sticks. It's just okay. kind of like, all right, gotcha. Gotcha. it's all good, you know. But so I, I would actually recommend it if you get the chance. Who's the and any voices I would recommend? Like who any uh No, I don't it was two names I don't remember. I'm gonna spare you guys a time if you're interested in Googling it, check it out. I will say this though, and that goes into one of the other things I've watched. It did have uh, Wendy Mc, uh, McCovey from Reno 911. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wind, Wendy Lyndon McCovey, or however you say her name. McLovin? Uh, whatever. Uh, she plays, um, God, what's her name in Reno 911? The blonde haired. Clementine. Clementine. Yeah, Clemmy, Officer yeah. Clemmy, yeah. She's in it, and you know how I feel about the Reno 911 crew. Of course. Anytime of course. they show up in anything. She plays a, a character, uh, Miss Gust, or whatever her name is. She's a wind element. So, um, 
Yeah, it's pretty dope. So she cool. shows up. So that was the one name I recognized I very quickly. I love I love it when Reno nine one one cats show up in anything. Oh, absolutely. So I would rate Elemental. I would give it on the streets of New York. Mm-hmm. There's always that one bodega that's like that's your spot. You know the guy. Mm-hmm. It's not that one. It's the one that you're like, oh, that one's closed for the day, and I didn't oh, make it on time. Shit. So you got to go to the other one. That's what I would give it. Okay. We get a lot of ones here out, but... Is that the one where they make you show your ass to buy weed? Yeah, right. Hey, black ass, why aren't you moving us earlier? <laughs> yeah. Come on, fellas. Um, so I would rate that that, but I wanted to also use that as a segue to talk about it. I did go back and uh, show Angie some of season one of Reno 911. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, it, what a great show that it is. It picks up a little about halfway through season one. It actually... In my opinion, episode one is a little slow, but it's also just introducing the characters. Sure, sure. It's a lot of like, hey, I'm the pathetic one. I'm Trudy. Oh, I'm I'm Officer uh, uh, Rainisha Williams. I'm right. kind of a loudmouth, right. and I finish right. everything with, you know what I'm saying? And ha! Right. Which right. is... Right. I'm Jonesy. I'm... Yeah. I'm what is it? Uh, Seductive and win. Yeah. Garcia's right. the racist one. Or, yeah. Well, there's a couple <laughs> I mean, they're all kind of racist, but... Yeah. Um, so we kind of watched the first couple episodes. It doesn't really pick up until about halfway through season one, but yeah, but and then I think season two to about season, season two, four three is and a four. banger. Yeah. It, was, it was that that show really started firing on all cylinders yeah. really quickly. Yeah, like, like kind of like Sunny. They had to wait until season two before they really like once they introduced Danny DeVito is really where they kind of found their 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 voice. I think it's about. The end of four, end of five, and six. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Always sunny. Yeah, in my opinion. But that's a whole different discussion. Sure. But now Reno, so uh, just Angie had never seen it, and we was just throwing something on. I think she had accidentally purchased a month of uh, Paramount Plus. <laughs> so we like, all right, we got it for 12 bucks. It's already been canceled. So we started watching Reno 911, okay. which I fucking love that show. I can't wait to show her some new boot goofing. Because <laughs> all just, she had ever seen... new boot goofing. I had shown her the uh, the clip from the movie about Gata. Where, where are you from? You don't know Gata. From right, Reno right. 911 Miami. This Gata got one, two, two three, four, well, five. And then it split to a double. I, I had said that a lot. And they never... Her or Sawyer never knew what I was talking about. Uh-huh. So I had to break down and show them that clip. And so you when I... come to this Gata like a predator. Not like coming a prey. Like a prey. Not like a prey, but like a predator. Um... They had only seen that clip, so I was trying to introduce them a little bit more to some Reno, and glad I did, because I rekindled my love for each one of those cast members. That's good. I love you, Jonesy, and uh, Officer Trudy Weigel, you know, and uh, Officer uh, Tom Lennon, whatever your name is. Uh, uh, Jangles? D- Dangles. Dangles, yeah, that's Dangle. it. Yeah. Sorry, I'm sitting there saying how much I love him, and I forgot his name. <laughs> yeah, I, I Listen, fuck. we're talking about a show from 20 years ago, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, other than that, I watched uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Forever, Plantasm. And I was just curious who your favorite Aqua Teen Hunger Force member is. Now, wait. Hold on. So, for those not in the know, Aqua Teen... Aqua Teen Hunger Force was a show that was on Adult Swim very early on. Right. Very early on in Adult Swim career, it started with Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, The Brack Show, and then really their first out-of-the-box that wasn't like Family Guy or a syndicated thing sure. was Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And then that led into Venture Brothers. And, they had a couple other ones. Eventually, Boondocks eventually. Rick and Morty. Right. Yada, yada, yada. Rick so, and Morty is their flagship one now. But, now it is. Now right. it is. But we're talking the, the, early, the early. nascent early days yeah. of Adult Swim where like... Before just... the black screen. This is when it was like, no swimming in the pool. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that's a trip. That was way back, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they used to have uh, M- 
No, that was later when they when when they would bring in MF Doom and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was all dope. But um, so it's it's a very silly show. It's about a talking milkshake, meatball, and box of fries mm-hmm. and who are superheroes. Who are superheroes? Really detectives, but they don't really do a lot of detective work anymore. Um, so they was on for many many years. They're fifteen minutes or like twelve minutes a piece, so you can really fly right through. each episode is yeah. They did one movie and then they canceled the show for a while after being on on season on uh, Adult Swim for a long time, mm-hmm. and then they just did like a farewell movie just now, about a couple months ago, and I watched that and it's fucking makes no sense, but you can't you can't expect it to. It's, it's sure fucking, it, it it is very. Almost like far side humor, or like it's it's very non sequitur. Like it it essentially is a villain of the week show, but the villains make no sense. Like there's there's one that's just a robotic turkey. There's one that's a witch doctor. There's one that's a, a, a monster living in their attic that drinks blood. There's yep. there's uh, one time they're battling radiation leak. Uh, I mean, it, yep. It, it, it's it's completely. I I hate it, like almost like irreverent like it is. It's like, about a fucking talking milkshake and ball of meat. Yeah, and yeah, floating box yeah. of fries. Yeah, but it, it's so super quotable. It, it's there's it's, little things I say, um, certain things when I when I get up or somebody asks me to do something. Master Shake is the milkshake, and mm-hmm. he's. He's an asshole. Let's just be real, but he's really funny in his delivery. It's done by Dana Snyder, who's been on like uh, Paradise PD, and he's uh, lots of vocal, lots, work. lots of yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, um, what's the other one? Brickleberry does right. a lot of work. Right. Yeah, right. Um, he's on South Park all the time. Yeah, he's he, on uh, Family Guy all the time. Yeah, but he does Master Shake, and at one point, Frylock asked him to do something. Frylock, the floating, floating box of fries. Box of fries. All right, we're not gonna get into it, but he asked him something to do. He's like. Shake, I need your help doing blank. And he just looks at him and he goes, I must not walk so a child may live. Fry looks at him crazy and goes, that's what it does? <laughs> and it makes no sense, the quote, but I say that shit all the time. Or when I'm cooking hot dogs, one of the opening scenes is, would you look at that? You want a dog? Oh yeah, the dog meat is perfectly soft. <laughs> so I can't boil hot dogs or cook any meat. And I go, the dog meat is perfectly soft. Even pet a dog sometimes without saying <laughs> the dog meat is perfectly soft. So that one's uh that was a show that I really bonded with my friend uh, Trevor back in the day yeah. with watching. I always uh, loved uh, the neighbor Carl. Oh just, yeah, they, they they live they live in New Jersey and their neighbor just is completely bombarded by all their ridiculousness like they're constantly blowing up his house and killing him <laughs> yeah going into his pool pulling off his skin like transporting him to alternate dimensions and like just one of my favorite lines is uh meatwad the the meatball is sitting in his pool he's like yeah <laughs> i noticed she wasn't home so i came over and gave myself a good dunk yeah i know she like, wasn't home he's like yeah that's what i wanted to uh come home to a uh Big greasy stew that I get to swim around in. Yeah, that I'm 400 gallon 400 stew. 400 gallon stew. Yeah. Just uh, appreciate you taking taking advantage of my uh, hospitality there, meatball. Yeah. Uh, he calls him meat man, and that's what I call my dog. Hey, uh, let me uh, let me show you my appreciation. Why don't you come over here and I'll show you with my nine iron. Yeah. So I did watch that. It's an hour of just fucking absolutely. What the fuck did I just watch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but um, I dug that though. It's like surrealist humor. Like it, it yeah. really is. Like it's none, off the wall. None of the jokes 
linked together, but they're all hilarious. Like there's almost a point of realization. Like, why am I laughing at this? This, this is all ridiculous and it doesn't make sense. But I love it. Yeah, but I love it. It was it was a kind of you had to be there thing. Like you had to be a certain demographic mm-hmm. as the show was coming out. Because showing it to anyone now, they're like, I don't get it. Right. I don't get it. Yeah, right, I don't right, get it. Right. But it was a certain thing. Like if you were a demographic when that show came out and you had that sense of humor. Like there's nothing else on the air like this. Yes. So, yeah. And I think and you could only find that shit on Adult Swim at the time. Right. Like non sequitur, weird cut. It was very Craig Ferguson in a way of just awkward, oh awkward God. fucking humor. Right. So. So shout out to the Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And I was just curious who your favorite member was. My favorite member... And I'll include Carl. Probably Carl. Uh, I always liked the fact that he was just sort of existing in the Venn... The, the, not the Venn diagram. The the fallout radius of, yep. of the impact of the Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And... Not that he was a, a completely innocent person. Like, he, he definitely was a womanizer and misogynist. He's a terrible and, human being. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm all looking for his uh, decent broad to, uh, you know. <laughs> he pays a prostitute in a, a jug of pennies. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, all I'm saying is that right there is legal tender. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Carl's your guy. So, technically, uh, you have to accept it. Yep. <laughs> so, Carl's your guy. I would say. I think so. I would say I think Shake is the funniest, but Meatwad is my heart. Uh, I, I'm a Meatwad guy. He, he's so innocently naive yeah. and and sweet and like, but he also in a weird way has like a weird vicious streak. Yeah, where like like there was one where uh, Master Shake um, throws him in the dryer. And gives them powers. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, no, there was one where. Uh, uh, Basically, uh, Master Shake uh, mutates because of nuclear fallout <laughs> and gets locked out. And then immediately Meatwad goes, I'm going through his shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He does it so quick, too. Like the second it just slip. rolls off screen, like, I'm going through his shit. Going through his shit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much This is a, a, a long series of what you've been watching. But for the final one, oh, I will rate the, uh, the Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Anything? What do you rate it? I will rate it a number seven on any drive-thru menu. It's a good oh, number. A number seven. Number seven. Okay. Yeah, you're... at least it's not a number three. I know, right? You know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, the last thing I watched though was the live-action Scooby-Doo to gear up for Halloween season. Hell's yes. I'm gonna say something here, um, and I'm willing to just go ahead and just put her directly on the wall. But I know it needs to be run past a certain checkpoint first. I was always, I know when the that movie came out, the mm-hmm. live-action Scooby-Doo, written by James Gunn. Oh, what? That's right. Yeah, one, yeah. yeah, and Monsters Island, written by James Gunn. Starring, uh, let's see, Freddie, Freddie Prince, Prince Jr. Jr. as Fred. We got mm-hmm. Matthew Lillard as Shaggy. I want to put him on the underrated performance of A Lifetime for his role as Shaggy. Everyone else was great. He was so fucking good as Shaggy. Not only, he was so good at Shaggy in that movie, he ended up being the voice after Casey Kasem died. He, yes. For years, for years, like probably 12, 15 yeah. years. He was so good at Shaggy. But that's not who I'm talking about because I don't even know if that's an underrated performance. I know the. Aca- I, I think it's perfectly rated. The I, Academy I didn't see it. And so that's usually what we But go the cult by. following, the fan following. So like, we want to give a shout out to that performance. Like there, there's, there's very definitely a whole generation of people where Matthew Lillard is, is, is the voice of Shaggy. 100%. 
Which I'm, just like like Kevin Conroy is the voice of our Batman, right? You know, one hundred percent. That's that's a great way to put it. So it's got it's got a uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar as uh, Velma, or I'm sorry, as Daphne. Daphne. I apologize. Yeah. It's got uh, Matthew Lillard as Shaggy, mm-hmm. Freddie Prince Jr. as Fred, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the one I want to talk about, Michael, and this is why I think we should just put her directly on the wall. Scooby I know, Doo. yeah, Scooby, as yeah, Scooby, <laughs> that was a real CGI dog that they found. You know, they the found castle. a real talking dog for that shit. I know, fucking crazy how that works. Um, in this movie, I remember Daphne was supposed to be the eye candy, which mm-hmm. they were selling. Sarah Michelle Gellar, mm-hmm. very pretty woman. No, no, no disrespect. Michael, I remember in my early, I think I was in late middle school, early high school when that came out, probably. Oh, yeah, that would have been, let's I don't see, remember. 90, God, not 90. It was either, it was late 90s it was, or really early 2000s. Yeah, so. I was going to say 98, 99, I want to say, because I was, de- it was definitely, because I started high school in 97, so it you was were definitely. The, no, you were back from the Coast Guard when this movie came out. Oh, then it had to be after 2001. Okay, yeah, so I was either just starting high school or very late into middle school. Okay. Either way. Okay. Point being. Um. I remember seeing this movie then, and I remember Daphne was supposed to be the, the eye candy. Sure. But I saw past her immediately, Michael. And not just on a on a attractive and physical looks level. It was Velma. It was Linda Cardellini. Uh, and Michael, yes. I just want to pitch that we put Linda Cardellini up on the wall, Michael. The What You've Been Watching Hall of Fame. Are we ooh, there yet, or do we need more evidence? Ooh, ooh. I mean, I'm not saying I just no. I'll, I'll submit it. You can think about it. I'm just I, submitting it. I, I'm not saying no. I'm just saying I'm having a difficult time thinking of other things she's done. I mean, obviously the Scooby-Doo franchise. Obviously the wife of Clint Barton. Okay. That's two, um, that's two home runs right there. That is two, two home runs. How dare we have Renner up there without... Because I think Renner's done a lot more breadth-wise. Okay. We'll, we'll come back to it. But I, I'm just saying... I think, she, I think she has a, a strong start. I just don't know that she has enough impetus behind her to warrant it. I knew she, what three a, of those she, words meant. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. And on this side of the table where we don't, we're not doctors, we think Linda Cardellini should go up there. Okay. So we'll just submit that for now. We'll circle back to that in a later okay. discussion of what you've been watching. But you just ponder that. Although she did do Freaks and Geeks. Let's see. Um. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to it. That's not the point of the story, though. I just wanted to say, I saw it early on. And I know that, like, in the second movie in Scooby-Doo Monsters Island, they, like, did the thing where they take off her glasses and she shakes her hair down. And they're like, oh, Velma's hot this yeah, whole time. Yeah, the 90s hot girl. It didn't take me two movies to, to figure that oh, out. Yeah. I was attracted to her intelligence and beauty from the word jump. So, I just want to say that. There's just something about a very tight-fitting orange sweater. And just the brain power, Michael. Something about that big, sexy brain. Sure, why not? But anyways. <laughs> also, Isla Fisher's in that movie as Mary Jane. Is that that is Isla yeah, from Wedding Crashers and yeah, Sasha yeah. Baron Cohen's and... wife? <laughs> it's a real life. I love it's not the, a movie or anything. I love that those are our two references. Like, yeah, from Wedding Crashers and fucking Sasha Baron Cohen. I mean, that wasn't in a movie. <laughs> it's a movie in my head. I mean, yeah, I'd watch it, but hey, um, very nice. Yeah, of course. <laughs> my wife. Okay, there we go. There's two. Check those boxes. Next, Michael's gonna be like, oh, behave. <laughs> But um, no, man, that movie is so perfectly cast and it's so well done. And they could have fucked that movie up so bad. Yeah. But it 
Scooby-Doo holds up, man, and it's also... Oh, and Rowan Atkinson plays yeah, Mr. The... Bean himself. Yeah, Mr. Bean. Yeah. Um, but no, that is also one of Isabel's favorite movies. Yeah, my, my, my precious daughter, your precious niece, um, loves Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And is always a go-to when shit is hitting the fan, like we put on Scooby-Doo yep. situation. Yep, so. yep. It is very slapsticky. Like, it, in the best possible way, it's, it's a living cartoon. Like... They are literally one scene away, like from just doing the old like hallway uh, hallway scene, right? Where like in the cartoon, like they're running across the hallway and they're going, you know, running right to left and left to right, and it, they're going in through this door and then out through that door, right? And, in through and then this they door eventually and, run into each and then, other, right? 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 Like it is one step. The fact that they didn't do that in the movie kind of pisses me off. Or have them start to run and their feet go. Right, exactly. Whatever right. you know, what sound like, I'm like, they're, to make like they're running on on yeah, grease yeah. or or ice or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you know the and they go yeah, whatever the sound effects are. You'll you'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before their feet just start to moving before they actually gain any traction situation. Yeah. So no, I dig that movie a lot. I think it was a good start. I watched it on October first. So it was a good start for a spooky season, man. Starting off spooky season the right way, I think, you know? So, yeah, man. Good childhood classic. Did you want to tell your story about Scooby-Doo when you saw it? (laughs) It's up to you. You don't have to. I do have a good story. That's why I know that you came back, that you were in, um, I think you had just come back from boot camp, because we saw it with Aunt Lorraine, because she had a great Dane. Right. So, obviously, you know, uh, shout out to you, Lieutenant. Uh, Lieutenant the dog and Lieutenant my aunt. Right, right. Um... The dog's name was Lieutenant Dane. Yeah. How great is a name? It writes itself. It writes itself. Um, So we all saw it together. And I remember Larray, because you had gotten out of the military or whatever, Uh just started. Not out of the military. I was was home from Out of boot camp. camp. I apologize. We had joined the military and gotten out of boot camp. It was like, you get free reign to do whatever the fuck you want. So she just bought you a big ass bottle of vodka. Big ass bottle. Of big vodka. ass bottle of some fucking. <laughs> no, it was rum. That's because that no, because it was no. You were drinking a screwdriver because I remember the orange juice being spilled. <laughs> oh, was I? Yeah, you were drinking a yeah a screwdriver. I remember it vividly. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So anyway, she, she did uh, buy you rum too. But she, that wasn't for she, this event. <laughs> so anyway, she just shows up and is like. Hey, you guys want to go see the new Scooby Doo movie? And we were like, "Fuck yeah, we want to go see the new Scooby Doo movie." In fact, I wouldn't want to see it with anyone else but you. Right, right. So we all hop in her uh, F one fifty at the S ten, Uncle. Well, it was an S ten. That's yes, right. Sir. That's right. Uh, I have what is called twenty twenty memory about some things. Yeah, something. <laughs> Other things. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, and this is the first time I've heard this story. Listen, that was a dark period in my life. Yeah. And uh... and then you're like, dude, it was your daughter's name. I'm like, allegedly. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Hop in Uncle Remus. To so anyway, Uncle Remus, that's right. And uh, she made me ride in the truck bed because I was like, well, I'm just going to drink on the way there. She's like, well, not in my car you're not because I'm not getting pulled over for a DUI. And I was like, cool, no worries. Glug, 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 glug. Uh, poured half a bottle of vodka into a, another half a bottle of orange juice and proceeded to drink it the whole way there. And in the theater. And in the Which theater. Is well done. Well done. <laughs> That's right. So we, so when we go to the movie... It's I, a PG movie, mind it's you. It's a PG movie, mind you. It's a family movie. I walk in, I don't see anybody. I'm just like, cool, we're going to go sit in the back. I'm going to go smoke cigarettes and just drink my vodka and... Just have a good old time. And I proceed to like mystery science theater the entire movie. Just, Very drunk. Just completely hammered. <laughs> just, 
I wouldn't do that. Don't open that door. Oh, Lord, he going to get you now. Right. Oh, Sarah Michelle Geller, I would suck a fart out of her butt. Pause right there. <laughs> Pause right there. Because it was at this time that Michael came to realize that there were much more than just us in the theater. This was a family event for many other people. And Michael's yelling about Literally. sucking a fart from Sarah Michelle Geller's butt over whatever the dialogue in the movie is going. And we're all just like, Jesus Christ. Listen, I was having a great time. Yeah. Ray was laughing. You were embarrassed. Matthew was embarrassed. I wasn't embarrassed. I was just like, well, I guess I was, yeah. I was yeah, embarrassed. you were. I was just like, dial it down, man. <laughs> so it. So at that point, probably about, I don't know, there's... Well, even LeRae hits you very loudly. He goes, Michael! And just came across your chest with a <laughs> backhand. Like a Ric Flair chop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was with you on the shit talking up to that point. Yeah, it was at that point Michael realized. So at that point, literally, we were not alone in the theater. Three whatsoever. dads stand up in the front row and just turn around and give me the like, "What the fuck, fuck bro?" Man. Like the the shoulder shrug, like "What the fuck?" And I was like, "My bad." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'll always remember that movie for that purpose. And then it happened again. Yeah. <laughs> on Scooby Doo too. <laughs> yeah, sure did. I was not with you on that one though. But, Michael, you had to play the hits at that point. You can't go to a Billy Joel concert and not ask for piano. Man. That's right. You know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> play We Didn't Start the Fire. I'm not doing that. Yeah, you are. We only play 80s Joel, sir. <laughs> play something from The Stranger. <laughs> We're going to do Uptown Girl. <laughs> Why don't you take your skankerker wife and get the fuck up out of here? <laughs> 80s Billy Joel doo-wop sucks. And on that note, we have filled you with some uh, stepbrothers. <laughs> we have told more embarrassing tales of movie uh, going. Just go and check those off your bingo cards. Uh, also, by the way, send in your fucking bingo cards. Yeah, man. God damn it! Yeah, Somebody get on that. us. We I don't have to do everything. We're yearning for your feedback at Whatcha Been Watching Podcast at gmail.com. Write well, us in and tell us we're fucking idiots. I'd or be so Facebook.com/slash Dudley Bros Podcast. Yeah, find us. We out there. Or, um, you know, we were in an oyster shucker. Oyster Shucking Festival last weekend, and we didn't see nobody there. I took a hayride. It wasn't even the fall yet. <laughs> took a hayride. I don't know where we were or where that hay was going. I just saw a tractor and some hay. Just jumped on. And I just jumped on. So I'm out there doing big moves. Find me. Find me. Get at me, dog, as DMX once said. Right. On that note, we've fallen off the rails. We've told embarrassing tales, <laughs> regaled you with tales of, of drunken theater antics, told you what you've been watching. Anything else for the good people, my brother? Uh, yeah, you were talking about uh, starting off your spooky season. I started off one as well. Okay, that's right. By watching uh, the classic, night. I want to say it's 1987. Sure. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm right on that one. Google me. Uh, Witches of Eastwick. The fuck is that? Witches of Eastwick is about three women living in a, I want to say New Hampshire or... Massachusetts town uh, who turn out to be witches starring Susan Sarandon okay. Michelle Pfeiffer okay. and Cher okay who wait I have seen this at some point who incidentally summon either a warlock or a devil they're not they, they never fully explain played by Jack Nicholson ah and mind you this is 1987 Jack Nicholson when he was like fueled by cocaine and hooker pussy yes <laughs> actual documented events yes yeah don't don't come suing me now yeah no, this is all like real facts you can wikipedia that shit that's right <laughs> we've done the research in the field 
by doing a Wikipedia search right, on. Right. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's kind of like uh, God. It's kind of like practical magic meets like um, steel magnolias. I guess would be the best cross cross example I could give. What's the premise then after they summon Jack Nicholson? What does Jack Nicholson want? Jack Nicholson wants to impregnate all three of them. Okay. And does so in spectacular fashion. Like, Jack Nicholson crawling on a bed in a, like, silk robe being like, I'm just an animal. I'm just all about animalistic passions. And you should just give in. And Cher's like, okay. That's not a bad Jack, actually, Mike. I mean... That's not a bad Jack. I'll tell you what. Watching that movie, I see how he got the Joker role two years later in the Tim Burton classic Batman. So it's like a rated R movie. I didn't know. It is, oh, it is. Okay, okay. It is. I, it is. But just barely. The, there's no nudity to speak of. Really, the only reason it's rated R is just because of language. They say the word fuck a lot. And so, like, I want to fuck. We should fuck. I love fucking. Not just like the PG-13 fuck you, you know. Right. Um, but you get one. Right, right, right. But, I mean, they. But, I don't even but, think you can say fuck. Well, maybe you can now, but. I don't think fuck you is, is appropriate in PG-13. I think you have to use it as an adjective, like fucking this. Like fucking I, Chuck Norris. I, I, again, it's, it's, it's one way, of those MPAA rules that which I'm not we don't care super, super clear on. Like they, I've seen examples in, in both rated R movies and PG-13 right. movies, so I can't, I can't really say. But I think you're, you're right. It, it's probably along the lines of like this fucking dog or what the fuck or right, something right. like that as opposed to like... Go fuck yourself, or yeah, I yeah, want yeah. to fuck you. Yeah. Um, anyway, what are we talking about? Witches of Eastwick. Witches of Eastwick. You're saying yeah. it was rated R. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were saying um, uh, Jack Nicholson, how he got Joker role from He it. is so delightful in this movie. I mean, it is, it is Jack Nicholson. I feel like I have seen this it, many, many years ago. Again, it, it, it was one of those that was always on basic cable. I've definitely seen point. the box art. That I can tell you. Yeah, it's, it's all three of them standing in front of a house, like... And then Jack Nicholson's in the background, just looking all Jack Nicholson-y, yeah, like doing his that, thing. that Grinch grin that he does. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, Jack Nicholson doing his like seduction role, and he, in, in a weird way, he seduces all three of the women, and they all just sort of bond with him. Like they're they're driven by you know it, it's. Three women having a midlife crisis, you know, some of them have kids and they're, you know, just dissatisfied in their marriage. Some of them are divorced. One of them has never been married. Um, you know, Cher is the, is the free, loose artist spirit. And then Susan Sarandon is the, like, sort of conservative, tightly bound music teacher. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer plays the, like local like neighborhood mom who like not only has six kids of her own but like also has all the neighborhood kids over to like bake cookies and Hmm. do christmas decorations and whatever 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 um and so as they're all coming together one night they find out that they might conceivably be witches and they try to conceive of what their perfect man would be who is 1980s jack nicholson (laughs) Because they want him handsome, but not too handsome. Oh my gosh. I bet this was written by a man. It, I kind of wonder, because in a weird way, like, there is very strong feminist overtones. Like... Because I could see it going either way. Well, like, like Jack Nicholson is very much... Um, 
the villain in this. Uh, they <laughs> so they never actually explicitly explain <laughs> whether he's a wizard or the devil or whatever. Like whatever. But so they <laughs> sorry. So three women basically decide summon their their dream man who ends up being some sort of ethereal being. I don't know. And then proceeds to impregnate each one of them. I don't know why. They never explain it. They never explain what his end goal is. I guess it's sort of like an omen thing. Like trying to propagate the Antichrist. Or like bring about a new season of witches. I don't know. Definitely written by a man then. Uh, Yeah. Actually written by... Based on a book by John Updike. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Who directed it? Uh, Strangely enough... It's almost as if we never researched this before, and I'm t- coming up with it completely off the top of my head. Directed by George Miller. Of, of Babe Pig in the City fame? Uh, I was going to go Mad Max fame, but yes, also Babe Pig well, in the City. one of those is a far <laughs> superior film. And the other one is Mad Max. How many pigs in the city does Mad Max have? Zero. Uh, no, they're Barter Town. Is it in the city? Yeah. I believe shit. you said it's a Barter Town. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Sure, right. Okay. okay, that's how I judge. But my there are pigs. How many pigs are in that city? So, anyways, go ahead. Lots. Okay, good. Not pig shit. Energy. <laughs> right. Hey, there you go. Anyways, uh, yeah. So, so and George then he, Miller. Damn. So he proceeds to impregnate all three of them, and then they sort of decide, like in a weird way, it's 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 a thinly veiled uh, commentary on the narcissism of men. In a, because Jack Nicholson, his his character is called um, Daryl Van Horn. So DV, DVH, DVL. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the way he seduces all of them is he sort of like, he's very narcissistic and he just tells them like the thing that they want to hear. Like when he seduces Cher, it's all about animalistic passions and like you've been so constrained for so long and you've you've gone so long without like the touch of affection and like just give into it for one night and with uh susan sarandon you know she's the very uptight very conservative like we were talking about earlier she suffers from 90s hot uh, uh dork girl syndrome right where like the second you take off the glasses and let her hair down she's fucking wild and free and and sexy right right um and so and uh Whereas, like, with Michelle Pfeiffer's character, he's basically just like, you're super fertile and I want to fuck you and, like, it's totally cool if we make a baby. And she's like, really? He's like, yeah, totally. But you totally impregnated my other two friends. And he's like, yeah. I did, didn't I? It's Leon Bell. Yeah, I did, didn't I? Interesting enough, do you know what the next movie that they worked together on was? Jack Nicholson and Michelle Pfeiffer. No idea. Give, Give it a second. He's not in Batman Returns. No. I don't know. I truly don't know. Wolf. I don't know what that is. Jack Nicholson becomes a werewolf and tries to seduce Michelle Pfeiffer. Well, they had chemistry in the first one. <laughs> it makes sense. Like, instead of the devil this time, you're going to be a werewolf. Yeah. Oh, Hollywood. Anyways. <laughs> Will you never recycle any old trope? Right. right. <laughs> like, that combination worked. Let's do it again. <laughs> Anyways, uh, where were you on this movie? I, I, we sidetracked ourselves. Directed by George Miller, wants to seduce Michelle Pfeiffer, and is just like, "Hey, you're fertile." I, I actually, like, yep. I actually really do enjoy it. I think it's, 
there's a lot of flaws in the movie in terms of like this wasn't spooky season michael this was seduction this season is seductive this was sexy jack nicholson right. like zap Brannigan. anyway right. do you did you ever want to fuck the guy from one flew over the cuckoo's nest <laughs> well here's your chance <laughs> here's your chance I mean, there's a lot of flaws in it in terms of just storytelling. Like, they never really complete the cycle of... It's a lot of implications. Like, we never fully address that all three women are witches. They sort of have powers, but they never, like... They don't find out the rules. Where and, And Jack Nicholson comes to town. They never address whether he's Satan or a warlock or some sort of... He's definitely some sort of, like... Evil being, or evil being, demonic but, being, but, but they or they never fully like pin what it is. They learn their powers just through, like one minute. Like the movie opens with they all wish for a thunderstorm, and so a thunderstorm appears. And then later they're flying because they're laughing, but they never really address like what the rules are until later when it really matters where Susan Sarandon's falling and they're going laugh, laugh, laugh. But like there's, there's no, there's no logical steps or that are, that are shown to explain why they know that information. Right. You know? Um, they just piece it together when they, they need to. Yeah. Just, just because witches can only fly on brooms if they cackle, I guess. I, sure. Sure. But, but again, that, that's, that is a very direct rule that they never explicitly say. And so you're just sort of like, okay, well, why do they know that? Why this? Why that? Why that? It's a fun movie. There's a lot of plot holes. I would call that movie fun. It it is. is. Honestly, I think that Jack Nicholson and all of the characters involved, it it is very much a black comedy. It's a dark sex comedy Uh, without being overtly sexy. Okay. Because in my mind, I was picturing this very differently. But yeah, I got you now. I'm with but, you. I got it tonally. Yeah, but honestly, Jack Nicholson is a de- complete delight to watch. He is so delicious in this. It is like Jack Nicholson and everything he does always sort of seems to perform like he's a coiled spring. You know what I mean? Like everything he does is very tense and very like anticipatory. You're hanging on his every right. word. And in this, he just gets to go completely free base and just just go wild and just very physical comedies, very just him emoting with like all the all the expression of kabuki theater. Oh, nice. You know? um, very. So he brings out his inner Nick Cage is what he's is what you're saying. Very much so. Yes, that's just a good way of putting that. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just swinging for the They're like we we paid you to be Jack Nicholson do some jack shit and we're going to we'll, exactly. we'll let you know when you go too exactly. far exactly ah, exactly I, I can fuck with exactly. that exactly yeah so he definitely makes the movie the rest of the rest of the cast is fine you know Cher Michelle Pfeiffer Susan Saran and all those cats um they're all great but he really like that's the Val Kilmer award of the of the week for sure is okay. go watch go watch Jack Nicholson in The Witches of Eastwick and just sit back and just be delighted by a caramel coating of just sugary, just effervescent sweetness. And just, I'm with it. Yeah. Might have to check that out this holiday season. Spooky holiday season, that is. What would you rate it? Uh, I'm going to give it... Uh, I'm going to give it one updike. One updike. What's, what's up, Dyke? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I wrote itself, that joke. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. 
And on that on note, that note uh, <laughs> I, that we've ran the gamut. This is a true what you've been watching. We we emptied the bag on y'all on this one. So I'm that's right. That's why we titled it "Empty the Bag." People will be confused. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! That's right. We got a little bit more structured stuff coming uh, down the line. Very here. soon, we're gonna dive into Halloween. Not necessarily the franchise. Maybe we do. Just the spirit. Just the spirit of Halloween. So we're the gonna uh, double spirit down. Spirit Halloween. Yeah, we're gonna go to the store. Coming soon. We'll be we'll do the next <laughs> podcast in costume and then we'll forget that it's an audio podcast only. That's right. I'll be dressed up as Buzz Lightyear and Michael will be uh Hershey's Kiss, I believe. Sure, why not? Sure. Why not? We'll figure it out. <laughs> Subject to change. I'm gonna be Reese's pieces, but it's gonna be like a slasher theme. Okay. Oh not hey, that's pretty good actually. There you go. That's pretty good. Go. Anyways, we'll throw we'll thrill y'all next time. Um anything else for the people, Michael? Oh, man, that covers it for me. Uh, I'm just going to say the Marvelous Mike D signing out. MD3 signing out. Uh, At this point, go watch a movie. And talk about it with somebody that you love.